Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Yeah. Come on. God is good. Turn, turn to somebody next to you and say, you are lucky to be sitting by me. Come on, tell them that. Yeah. I love this church. You can go ahead and be seated. I, I, lo- I, love, I love this church. The hand of God is on this church. I, I sense the presence of God more and more. A lot of churches are studying this church. Don't mess it up. <laughs> anyway, I, I also love your pastor. And uh, if, I, if I look a little uncomfortable today, it's because my, my daughter is getting married in June. And, uh, and then my other daughter, my youngest daughter, went to prom last week. What is going on at the BZ house? Uh, I love who my daughter is married. And uh, he, he's just a man of God. But when he, when he asked if he could marry her, he took us to P.F. Chang. I mean, no, that place is of God. Okay, he was left. <laughs> Okay, so we're sitting there, and, uh, and I could tell he was nervous, but I didn't know why. I just never picked up on it. And he looked at me, and he said, can I spend the rest of my life with your daughter? And I said, how long you plan on living? <laughs> but I, I said, yeah, and so you got that. Uh, Sto- <laughs> it's my daughter, man. Stovall and Carrie, if you, I'll tell you, I love, I love them. Uh, Stovall, he's, he's like a kid, and uh, he's, like, he's in a man's body, but he's a boy, and uh, he's got like that innocent, I, lo- I took him hunting in Arkansas, he likes to hunt, I don't know if you know that, but if, if you're a visitor, you don't, if you've come before, you know it, and uh, here's a picture of Stovall and I, I think we got, look at this, I think that's Stovall, I'm not totally sure. But uh, I just love, the way he leaves voicemails for me, it, it's, it's like, he'll call my phone, and he'll say, hey, BZ, it's Stovall. He said, and then he'll say, uh, uh, hold on. Okay, this is a voicemail. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> and then he goes and does something. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and I'll save it for a year until it actually kicks it out of the system. And I, I love him. Okay, here's the deal. We're in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the series about the triune God, this part of it, the Spirit of God. And if you love the Lord with all of your heart, would you give him some praise right now? Come on, you love him. He's amazing. He's amazing. But let let me be clear. I'm gonna talk to you about something. You, You can tell when someone has the Spirit of God, when they're when they're full of the Spirit of God. And people argue over what, what is the evidence of that. And I wanna, I wanna talk to you about that, the evidence of it, and then I'm gonna get to one specific word, and it's gonna be about the way that we talk to one another, the words that we share. Now, let me put in a disclaimer, if you will. I'm getting ready to be all over your tail. <laughs> but I don't want you to live in the past. Everybody here has said the wrong words. Everybody. Turn to somebody and say, even you, fool. (laughs) Okay, all right, okay. See, you just did it. Everybody did it. You just did it. You should have never listened to me. 
You ain't got no Holy Spirit. So anyway, here's what I don't want you to do. I, I don't want you to, to look back. The, the Holy Spirit, his, his best role, although he's got a lot of good ones, to me, the best role that he has is drawing us to the Father. And condemnation will show up when you blow it and then bring up stuff. So even in worship a while ago, some of you were trying to get into it, but the condemnation, the enemy was telling you, how can you worship? Look what you did this week. Look, at, look what you said. Well, well the Holy Spirit, bring, he'll bring up the same things, but it's always to bring you to the Father. Condemnation will leave you there to die and rot. The Holy Spirit brings you to the Father. I, 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 if, I, if I'm all over you, I do, I do not want you to go down into a dungeon on me here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak truth, but you, and you need truth. Can I have an amen? amen. But it, truth is never just to leave you there to die and rot. It's always to get you to change. Now keep that in mind. Look, look at this verse, Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit, somebody say, what's the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit? Well, it's right here. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is a word nobody knows what it means, long-suffering, long kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Why? Because there's no need for a law when you're Spirit-led. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, can I have an amen? amen. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking one another. That word provoke, it literally means to provoke with our words. And that's what I'm gonna talk about. Envying each other. Luke 6, 45. For the, for, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I want you to be full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let's hold it right there. This is what happens in marriage. How many of you are married? <laughs> it's always like this. Like we think our struggle is our husband <laughs> or it's our wife. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, you don't know my husband. If you did, you wouldn't say that. Well, you don't know my wife. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In fact, I'll say this, and this is the most Twitterable thing I'll say. You don't need a better spouse. You need to be more like Jesus. We, we, we need to be more like him. Because our struggle is not, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. This is a war we're in, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What you think the problem is is really not your problem. That reminds me of a Boudreaux joke, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Boudreaux was worried about his wife because she couldn't hear. But she's also hard-headed and she wouldn't go to the doctor, ENT doctor. So he's playing golf one day with the doctor. He said, man, my, my Marie, she can't hear nothing. I'm telling you, it's bad. Now I'm worried about her. He said, well, bring her in. He said, oh, she ain't going in. I'll tell you that right now. He said, well, do this. He goes, I'll give you a test. You get behind her when you get home, and you, just, you get about 10 feet behind her, and you say something really common. And if she doesn't hear, you get to nine feet, eight feet, seven, all the way until we're, and then when she answers, then you'll know where it is and come back and tell me. 
So Boudreaux went home and he got behind Marie and he said, hey, Marie, what's for dinner? She said, nothing. He said, man, so bad. He got the nine feet, hey, what's for dinner? Nothing. Eight feet, seven feet, six feet. Hey, Marie, what's for dinner? Not four, three, two, one foot away. Hey, Marie, what's for dinner? She turned around and she said, I done told you nine times we having crawfish. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> if you don't get that, don't tell, just laugh. Just go like this. Our struggle is not what we think. Now, I want to talk to you about this word struggle. In the, in the Greek, it's the word pele. I didn't say wele. It's pele. It's a contest between two people. It's when literally you walk away and you have like your foot and your hand on their throat. Or our struggle. Romans 8, 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, in our struggle. At home, typically what's happening is we are paylaying the people we love the most. Paylaying people at work with words. Paylaying our friends and our children. James 1, 26 says, for if a man thinks that he serves God and does not hold his tongue, but deceives his heart, the person's service is worthless. Now, I'm just saying, words matter. We used to say this whole thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's bunk, because words matter. Let's look at another verse. Proverbs 18, 21, words kill and words give life. They're, they're either poison or fruit. You choose. Okay, now let me get you out of this. Here, here's what I know. No matter where you are and what you have done, the Spirit of God wants you to look forward and to move you ahead. This is gonna be a service where you're gonna take back everything that's been stolen from you. That's the will of the Spirit of God. Now, now there's a movie that was out to express what I'm trying to say. It's a movie called, I think it was called 127 Hours from this guy named Aaron Ralston. Aaron he was hiking one day in the, in the, around these rocks and he slipped and his arm got stuck in a crevice. Raise your hand if you remember this story, any of the campuses. And his arm got stuck in this crevice and he couldn't get it out for a day, then another day, then another day, fourth day. And then on the fifth day, he realized I'm about to die here unless I can cut my arm off. And he said, if I can cut my arm off somehow, I get it loose and I'll, I'll be free. But all he had was car keys. And it's a gruesome story, but he, he, he cut his arm off with those keys. And he was able to live, somehow he held it and somebody got him and he got him out of there. It's, it's painful to watch, unless you watch it backwards. <laughs> if you watch it backwards, it's a story of an amputee who goes on a hike and he finds his arm and he sews it back on, and he lives happily ever after. Now let me just say, no matter what, I'm a Cajun, you never know what we're gonna say. You won't learn anything for us, but you're gonna have a good time, shot. Let me just say, whatever it is that's going on in your life, no matter what's happening at home, we're gonna take it back. 
We can play this thing the other way. I, I love sports. I'm a sports enthusiast, but I, a lot of the sports stuff, it comes on TV while I'm at church, so I have to record it. And the people in our church are notorious to tell me who won. Like, did, did my team win? And they tell me, and it drives me crazy. I'm a big LSU guy, being a Christian and all. And, uh, and so, so, so when I get home, I, I know who won. I know LSU won, but I still watch it. And what I've noticed, the further we get behind, the more I like the game, because our Already know the end and it's like I just I know the end let me tell you you're going places with the Spirit of God what the enemy tries to do is to get you to hover around where you are right now and we're gonna flip this because people who are connected if the Spirit of God is not in their home with words they can get lonely but you can play it the other way those that are lonely when the words are more like the Spirit of God you're connected those that are loved can feel unloved, and you can flip it. Back to those that sense that they are unloved, all of a sudden can be loved. Those that are accepted can be rejected, but you can flip it. We avoid crime and violence, and we wouldn't hurt and perhaps even beat up the people that we live with, but husbands often stab their wives with words. Husbands, they, they lash out with, with words. Parents devastate their kids with venomous Words and kids drop bombs of words, specifically certain type bombs with words. Uh, in Arkansas, uh, raise your hand if you've ever been to Arkansas. It's an incredible place. But there was this church recently I was hearing about. This pastor was retiring. And that, this church was nothing like the church that I'm speaking to right now. Celebration Church is full of life. And, and, uh, but this church, obviously there was a lot of gossip and a lot of mean stuff. And so this pastor was retiring and he decided to close out his, his sermon, his last sermon to be on gossip. And he had a statue on, on, uh, on, on the stage of, of a face. And, uh, and, and, and then out of the face came, a, it was a foot in his mouth and he's speaking on this topic. After he's done, he takes it and he decides to give it as an award to the person who gossiped the most through the years <laughs> in his church. He walks down, he goes to the third row, and he hands it to a lady. Can you imagine that? Now, I would not be a member of that church. However, I sure wish I would have been there that day. <laughs> okay, I don't have anything to do with my sermon, but, uh, but, but I've decided to do that today. So team, bring it on out. <laughs> no, really, I'm kidding. So what must I do, and how can I watch what I say? Number one, know this, words direct where I'm going. I want you to write that down. An exercise that we do at church and we do at home is we'll play, we'll do this vision game. I think it's huge if you are a company person, you have a corporation or a business, small business, it's good to get around your team and do this exercise. If we could be anything in five years, what would we look like? If we could do that and then you dream it out and then you say, okay, if this is what we wanna be in five years and what do we need to look like in three so we can be that way in five? And then if we're gonna look like that in three, how do, what do we need to look like in a year and then uh, so we can be like that in five? If we're gonna be like that in five, then what, can, what do we need to look like in six months? What do we need to look like in a month? What do we need to look like this week in order to be like that in five years? How do you know in a home as a believer where you're going? You don't have to play that game. To, to find out where you're going, all you have to do is listen to the words 
that are being spoken around you. Words like, you're just like your father. Or why can't you study like your brother? Why can't you be pretty like your sister? One lady's husband told her, or one man told his wife, he said, you are gonna die a lonely old woman and when you go to bed, you don't know if I'm gonna be there in the morning or if you're still gonna be here. How do you think she slept at night? But he came in and let someone pray over him and the Spirit of God overwhelmed him about four years ago and now he is strong in God and one of the leaders in our church, he may be listening in right now. Let's give the Lord a hand for his life, his life. Look at this, James 3.3. 3. When you put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. What it's basically trying to say is that a cruise ship, even though they may have 20,000 square feet just of health facilities on it, uh, it may have three acres of recreation, uh, the average cruise ship now has, the, the anchor weighs like as much as 20 vehicles, cars. But the rudder, you'll never see it. But the rudder is totally dictating where that thing goes. This is exactly how our words, this is the Bible calls it the tongue. And the words that we share, that's why when the Holy Spirit touches you, a lot of times he gives you new words. It's, it's the Spirit of God trying to direct you, trying to change you, but you can't do it humanistically. It's not like you can read a self-help book and all of a sudden become a person who articulates things better. No, this has to happen by the Spirit of God. But if you wanna know where someone's going, you can tell by the words that they share. Number two, my, my tongue. It, it can destroy what I have. Now, I don't know if you ever talked to anybody bitter somebody who's just full of bitterness. But I'm gonna tell you, I've learned that hurt people hurt people. Bitterness is like this, and I'm not talking about bitterness today, but bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. But bad words is like drinking poison and expecting no one to be hurt. Look, look this, this, this point of my tongue can destroy what I have. Look at this verse in James, back to James. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire. When I'm doing marriage stuff and I don't get to do any counseling anymore, and I miss, I miss those days, honestly, I, somehow I, I loved it, but uh, what I would do, always do two things. When they would come in, I would always say, you meet in the prayer chapel for one hour before you meet with me, and you pray together. That right there solved more marriages than you can imagine. But then I would bring them in, and if they still had all this issue, and I would say, sir, why did you marry her? I don't remember one reason why I married that woman. <laughs> and then, so then I would ask her, a lot of attention, but finally you get them saying, well, I married her because she was amazing. She's like the sweetest and kindest person ever. And then he would say, well, I married, she's, she's talking, I married, married him, and her eyes go from <laughs> when she comes in to, I just love him, or whatever. <laughs> Okay, getting the words to, to spin around. Words matter. If I were to go into your home and, and if somehow I could take a recording of words that were shared in every room, 
There's a, there's a chance that, that words there have hurt one another. But yeah, we act all shocked. How many saw the ESPN uh, commentator uh, last week when she was all mad? Raise your hand if you saw that. She was slamming the towing company and everybody was mad because she dropped F-bombs. She was telling her you're a loser. She was telling this lady, this lady she didn't even know, uh, I'm smarter than you. You have no teeth. Uh, what would it take to have your job? Absolutely nothing. My job is great because I'm educated and it was all on video and we watched it. And it was very, it was, was bothersome. But let me tell you the weird part when I was watching it. If it would have been a husband and wife, no one would have watched it. It wouldn't have gone viral if she would have been speaking to her husband that way. Because it's so commonly accepted. It's, it's the words that have moved into our home. It's usually the words that we share that hurt one another or around the people that we love the most. And if you think about the children of Israel, they couldn't get in the promised land because of their words. Words matter. I've even done funerals before where there was a suicide note because of a word. The worst part is there's a girl who committed suicide because of my words. I was counseling her and she was depressed and I looked at her and I said, I don't even know how depressed you really are. This is my first year in the ministry. And she goes, you were the one person I thought understood it. I said, well, I must not. She left my home and peeled out of my yard, my car, my driveway. And she went to her house and found her dad's gun, wrote a note and blew her brains out. Words matter and I'm certainly not trying to draw up any drama I'm just trying to let you know that words matter and we need the Holy Spirit to redial in our words number three my, my tongue displays who I am the Bible says out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing Matthew 12 34 for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks Look at this verse, Matthew 12, 37. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I used to think, I grew up in a church that was very mean. Everybody there was mean. Spiritual abuse is real. My Sunday school teacher, she would always tell me when I was eight years old, you're going to hell, and hell is hot, and you're going to be the first one there. And I was like, praise God. <laughs> you know, Don't you want to go to heaven? Not if you're going to be there, no. So... But the truth is, what, what's really important is that I, I thought God always hated me. And I used to remember, I wonder how God is going to judge me, how he's going to look at my heart. She says, my heart is so bad. What, what's, how's he going to judge my, you know, just to get into a little bit of theology, he doesn't have to have like a, a foul of your heart. He just needs to look at the words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So clearly, a person who's under a lot of pressure and has an angry heart, when they're under pressure, what's gonna come out? It's like an orange. If I have an orange and I squeeze it, what's gonna come out of the orange? It's not a trick question. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> orange juice. Because under pressure, what's on the inside will come out. That's why we want the Holy Spirit. That's our... That's the best pressure to come out. Person under pressure. 
who has a fearful heart will have negative words. A person under pressure who is insecure will have either boasting words or slamming someone else. A person under pressure with an impure heart will have perverted words. A person under, under pressure with a bitter heart will have critical words. Think about how we denigrate even ourselves by the way we speak. Who do you think is the person who is more like the Spirit of God here right now? The person who's walking around going, I'm always going to be a loser. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm never going to have a good life. This thing is never going to turn around. No one likes me. I'm lonely. I'll always be lonely. Or the person who's going around going, I know it's a difficult time, but the Spirit of God is chasing after me. He's never going to let me down. I am going places. Billy Hornsby, who founded the Ark, and it was clearly articulated that this church is responsible for planting over 500 churches. And Billy Hornsby helped us start it. Billy Hornsby is a friend of mine. He lived well and he died well. But when he was in the ninth grade, a ninth grade teacher looked at him and said, Billy, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to finish high school. You're the dumbest person in the class. And I hate that you're my student. And Billy just said at that moment, everyone laughed, and at that moment, his sanguine personality couldn't ha handle it, and he just quit school even though he was still there. Six months later, he stopped going completely. He was great with a guitar and singing, so he started going into bars and making money that way. Even though he's only in the ninth grade, he told him he was much older. Billy went through life just feeling like he was dumb. And then one day he gave his heart to the Lord. And after he gave his heart to the Lord, let me just be clear. When you give your heart to the Lord, he gives you a brand new heart, a brand new spirit. But your mind is still corroded. So he was right with God, but he still felt like a loser. So he wanted to get out of the bars and he thought, you know, I'm just going to have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and apply for a job at Exxon Chemical in Baton Rouge. And he applied and they said, they said, well, you're gonna have to take a test. And immediately, I can't take a test. Why do I take a test? I'm gonna be great. We just need you to take it. I don't wanna take the test. Man, we gotta, gotta take I don't wanna take the test. Please take He sat down, he took it, he tried his best, he did it. And when he was done, he just knew it wouldn't. So he threw the test at the monitor and he walked out. Three days later, someone called Billy, and he said, Billy, got the grade from your test. And he goes, I know I failed it. Just leave me alone. He said, Billy, you made the best grade in the history of Exxon Chemical. You're the smartest person who's ever applied here. Now get back over here. You got the world by the tail. You're going to change people's lives. And Billy said that it was just those words from a stranger who reactivated what the Spirit of God wanted him to be. So I'm just saying, no matter what has ever been spoken over you, we break those words in Jesus' name. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. So what can we do? Number, number one, three words that can change your words forever. Number one, pause. Pause. I get this from, from the word Selah. Everybody say Selah. It's a fun word to say. But you read through Psalms. And you, you'll go through Psalms. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of all mine. And I'll have all these powerful words. And then it'll say Selah. What is it talking about? It means to pause and reflect on the words. 
cause. Robert Morris, a friend of mine, he was saying when he first got right with God, he would just mouth off to everyone. And some guy says, man, I'm gonna give you a tip. You need to wait before you speak. And every time you think of the word wait, think of it as an acrostic. Why am I talking? A lot of times we just get so ahead and speak ahead of the Spirit of God. James 1 says, so then my, my brethren, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. That takes the Holy Spirit. For the wrath of the man does not produce the righteousness of God. Look at this verse, Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. As a kid, I was so good with my words. I, I should have been a lawyer. I was just so good with my words. And uh, man, I was just, I could, no matter what you would say, I'd come up with 15 things that would confuse you, knock you down. So, so after I got, got saved and then got married, I was doing this with my wife. And, and, and then it hit me one day, I'm winning these arguments and I'm losing relationships. And I, and, and I just wanna say, let the Holy Spirit baptize your words. Where, where you, you are never the same again. Psalms 19, 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Selah, Selah. Another reason why we should pause is that I, I, I'm pretty good at reading what people are about to say. And my kids would come home and say, Dad, guess what happened to me today? And I would say, I bet it was this, this, and this. Yep, that's it. <laughs> they would just walk away. Uh, it takes the joy out of people when you, when you rush to, to things. God's given you two ears and one mouth to do what? To listen twice as much as you speak. You fool. <laughs> okay. number, number two, ponder. Luke 2, 19. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their heart. A fool utters all of his mind, but a wise man keeps it till after. There, there's four types of people that are here. Those who think before they speak, that's the goal. Those that think while they're speaking, uh, not as good, but better than nothing at all. Those who speak right, or think right after they speak, and uh, they always are, raise your hand if you've ever done that before. Look at this. And then those that never think, no matter what. <laughs> Here's my point. In Ephesians chapter one and verse 18, I pray that the eyes of the heart, of your heart, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Listen, look here, everyone. You can either speak from the top of your mind or from the bottom of your heart. And the bottom of your heart is where the Holy Spirit abides. Number three, and this is the last thing, to pray. Pray. Isaiah 6 one through eight, read that when you get home. That's your homework for the, for the week. Look at this, in the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah speaking, I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord. Say that with me, I saw the Lord. Some of you, when you come to church, you're probably like me. At times, I'll, I'll give a glance over to God, but I'm thinking about what I have to do. I might even be thinking about the sermon, and I'll just give a glance. What happened to Isaiah, and this is huge, and you can read it later, I'm just gonna tell you what happens. Isaiah saw the Lord, and then he saw like an open vision, and he saw seraphim. It's like he saw eternity. 
he's looking around and, and the first thing he says, and I believe this is the way it's gonna be. When, when you're in the presence of God, this is what happens. Some of you thought of it earlier. He's in the presence of God and God is getting ready to use him mighty. But you think about what he said. He goes, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. When you're in the presence of God, you remember things that you have said. <laughs> but what I love about the Spirit of God the most is the very next verse as the Bible says that God took some coal and he went over and he sanctified the words and he touched Isaiah's words. And then when it was done, he got his swagger. And he looked at the Lord and he said, okay, I'm ready now, man. Here I am, send me. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you have said. I don't care what you didn't say. The Spirit of God is moving after you. And no matter how many times you've blown it, there is nothing that will overwhelm you more than the grace that the Holy Spirit loves to deliver in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads, no one looking around. Lord, I thank you for this church. I understand why they call it celebration. And God, as we worship you, during the Selah moment, we pray, oh God, that you will minister to us. So we come to you with all of our heart. We hand you everything that we have. And Lord, we're sorry for our words. For we are undone. We are people of unclean lips. But we hand you our weaknesses. And ask for you to help us in our weakness. For our struggle is clear to us. But our answer is clearly you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.